Oh my god, it's 100 degrees outside. Man, the temps are really heating up. And so are the rumors surrounding John Gibson. Also, it is not okay to assault someone, guys. It's just not okay. We're going to talk about all of that on today's podcast. Let's hit it. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Friday to you all. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget, you could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. So we're going to get started right away and talk about the rumors that you may or may not have heard. So this morning on the DFO, the Daily Faceoff Rundown with Jason Greger and Frank Saravelli, they had a lot to say about some trade targets happening. I mean, there's a lot of possible movement this offseason. You know, DeBrinket could be moving. Evander Kane will be moving. Tyson Berry could be moving. That was an interesting name out there. But there was another interesting name out there that kind of piqued my curiosity. And this was on an article yesterday. And this was addressed this morning on the DFO rundown. So just want to give them their due credit. And it was about John Gibson. Now, John Gibson, I have jokingly said, like, man, he wants to get the taser. There is maybe some truth to that. We we joke around that John Gibson, you know, tries his hardest. And he had a hot start to the season. And as I've mentioned, his second half of the season just plummeted. So when you talk about moving a guy like John Gibson, that's asking for a lot. And you're talking about a guy that was an all-star for the Ducks this past season. He he was part of the reason why the Ducks were so hot the first half of the season. In fact, I would say he was one of the main reasons. He was stellar. He was back to his all-star form. And then everything went to hell. He wound up with a 904 save percentage, which is not above average. Goals against of 319, which is a career worst. Maybe he's on the downslope. Who knows? And the Ducks have him for another few years. Well, not so fast. This was talked about on this morning's podcast. And I'm just going to quote verbatim from that show. So it was pointed out that the backups had been better for Anaheim over the past couple years. And in fact, that is true. The backups have been better. One of those backups I absolutely love, Anthony Stolarz. Stolarz has had been good with the Ducks the past couple seasons. I called for Stoli getting more starts. I wanted to see Anthony Stolarz get more starts towards the end of the season. And the Ducks kind of did that, but it could have been more. Even before, one of my favorite guys, Ryan Miller, who recently retired. That's another guy that actually had some really good numbers with the Anaheim Ducks. And by the way, a little bit of news, speaking of Ryan Miller. So this was also released this morning that next season, Ryan Miller's number 30 will be retired by the Buffalo Sabres. How cool is that? I mean, Ryan Miller played with some different teams. He played a lot of games with Buffalo. He was one of the main reasons 
that Buffalo was so good. So it's obvious that he should be the next number retired by Buffalo. And in fact, they're doing that next season. So just wanted to get that out there. That little bit of news. I'm not stalling on purpose. Just wanted to get that out. Here's the quote from this morning. Quote, the Ducks are frustrated with Gibson and they're frustrated with his frustrated body language. They think it doesn't help when you let in a goal and you give your teammates the death stare when you're kind of openly blaming someone else for the puck going in. It seems like there's a lot of that that goes on and happens. Is part of that being frustrated with the team? Would he be more engaged if the team is good again? End quote. So there's a couple very important questions that I want to talk about that. And once again, this is courtesy of the Daily Faceoff Rundown. So I want to address a couple of questions that was asked towards the end of that in a few seconds. First, I want to talk about the body language. Yeah, he has been frustrated. Yeah, he has. <clears throat> he has had that look where he's like, ah, man, I just want to get you guys. I got to get the taser out. <laughs> See, I'm getting so mad that I'm kind of help, not helping my own voice either. But that's kind of how he sounded at times. I mean, Gibby was upset. You could see it. You could see it in his face. You could see it in his body language. You could see his arms going up like, come on, guys, really? Like, you're going to let that go through? Part of me doesn't blame him, but part of it might be just theatrics. Who knows? Now to address those couple of questions that was asked towards the end. Is part of that being frustrated with the team? Uh, Yes, it's absolutely being frustrated with the team. I would be frustrated if there was no defense in front of me. I shouldn't say no defense. There was some semblance of a defense. I mean, you know, Manson was pretty good. Fowler was pretty good when he was healthy. Shattenkirk had some good games, but, you know, it could have been better. Jamie Drysdale, he's only 20 years old. He really tried. I mean, he was 19. Now he's only 20 years old. He's still learning. And then you got a bunch of other guys. Yeah, including Jacob Larson, who to his credit, Larson has been better with the San Diego goals. But when he was in Anaheim, parts of the time he looked lost out there. So part of that is not having the personnel. Oh, and then they got rid of Josh Manson at the trade deadline. That left a gaping hole in the defense. So you could understand why Gibby's numbers just plummeted after the trade deadline. Defense just took a nosedive. So, yeah, he would be fresh. He'd be ticked off with the team. And I think he sees the direction the team is going. But who knows this offseason? And now the other question. Would he be more engaged if the team's good again? Part of me wants to say yes. Because when the team was good again, yes, he was on it. But... That might not entirely be true because looking at some of his expected goal stats in the first half of the season, there was a lot of shots against the Ducks. And there was a lot of high quality shots against the Ducks and he did let quite a few through. Offense was key for the Ducks. The defense was mostly the same. I don't want to say completely consistent throughout the season, but there was definitely a drop off after the trade deadline. Even in February... The defense wasn't terrible. He was just letting in some soft goals. So, in fact, saying that he's more engaged when the team is good, that's only partially true based on the expected goals saved against, based on the analytics, based on seeing some of the actions during 
sort of the end of the All-Star, like before the All-Star break, end of the first half. You could kind of see it a little bit. And if I'm John Gibson, maybe I think about a change of scenery. Or maybe he's just acting frustrated because maybe he does want out. Maybe he'd be more comfortable in a situation where he's on another up-and-coming team. Maybe he's better in a situation where perhaps he's closer to home. Maybe in the Eastern Conference. And maybe there are some teams that are looking for his services. I'll think of one in particular. The New Jersey Devils. They desperately need goaltending. And they would be looking at John Gibson. They would absolutely be looking at him. But it is going to be a pretty penny. So... I'm curious as to what teams would be offering for John Gibson. I'd be very curious. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission. And before going to the intermission, just want to say thank you to all the fans that have been supportive over the past couple months. It's just greatly appreciated. And I appreciate each and every one of you that continues to listen. And yeah, you guys are awesome. All right. Let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, including the Stanley Cup playoffs. And <laughs> didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that the Tampa Bay Lightning would come back in this series? Oh, ye of little faith. And you know what I actually did? I actually did it this time. I put some money down on the Lightning and got a little bit back. They won game five. At MSG. So, cha-ching, cha-ching. So, if you guys also want to make a pretty penny on the Stanley Cup playoffs, and by the way, there's also the NBA Finals going on, then head over to Bet Online. Once again, Bet Online is where the game starts. Either go there on your mobile device or on your laptop. Bet Online is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we just concluded talking about John Gibson. And now we're going to turn our attention to the NHL playoffs. Yes, back to the NHL playoffs as we had a game last night at Madison Square Garden on the corner of 33rd and 7th in Manhattan. This was a close game. For the first 58 minutes. In fact, it was tied 1-1. to Until about 1.50 left. When Andre Palat scored on a little bit of a deflection. And that was the game-winning goal. Tampa went on to score an empty netter. And it was a 3-1 final score. But after the game. After the game is where things got a little bit interesting. So to speak. And took a bit of a turn. What, what, what do I mean by that? Well, first, Nikita Kucherov took a shot towards the net as the clock ran to zero. Everyone was fighting each other. It turned to a line brawl. Was there any penalties doled out after the game? I mean, there was there was a few penalties. I had to actually go back and see what penalties were assessed. And the one that surprised me, Alexi Lafreniere fighting Steven Stamkos at the end of the game. I cannot recall the last time that two number one draft picks fought each other. So that was that was a little something. And that was also a message being sent. Steven Stamkos won that fight. That almost felt like a, hey, young buck, like, you want to fight me? This was going to happen. Steven Stamkos is still 
the captain of the reigning back-to-back champions. And he probably sent that message. He had some other roughings going on. But that's not what I actually wanted to talk about. What I wanted to talk about took place well after the game. And this is the unfortunate thing that I wanted to talk about. Fans, don't be jerks. And don't assault people. A video was posted last night, about an hour after the game, where there was a Tampa Bay fan that was talking, you know, just the normal like talking, but nothing too bad, nothing heinous. And a Rangers fan in a red shirt just turned around and sucker punched the guy, like just cold cocked him. And he fell straight to the ground. You could hear you could hear his head hitting the ground. And he was out. He was unconscious. And according to that same Twitter user, he was out for five minutes. He finally came to and regains consciousness. So he was quote unquote okay. This is relatively speaking that he's okay. If you're unconscious for five minutes, that's not okay. And luckily, the latest report is that he is in stable condition, so he will survive. That is good news for what it's worth. What's not good news is having to report that in the first place. I mean, look, fans, there's no reason to do that. There's absolutely zero reason to go out and cold cock someone. None at all. It's a big deal. It's a big deal because we've seen that kind of stuff happen in various sports. We've seen that here in SoCal. The Brian Stowe incident between Giants and Dodgers fans. That was not cool and not necessary. And here's the latest confirmed news from the New York Police Department. So Rangers fan James Anastasio, 29, was arrested. So apparently he ran away from the scene a witness tried to stop him, and Anastasio then punched the witness too. So the witness did not get medical attention. He refused it. And the Lightning fan is in stable condition as of right now. So he's been charged with two counts of assault, two counts of disorderly conduct, and two counts of harassment. Luckily, the fan is expected to survive. Um... There could be some long-term damage there, and that's just not a good situation to be in at all. And I I hate that this still happens. This kind of stuff should not be happening, and I don't condone cold cocking someone and pretty much concussing and, you know, pretty much changing a guy's life altogether. Not cool. Not cool at all. The poor fan... Visiting from Tampa Bay, assuredly. Probably did not think that was going to happen. And if you're a visiting fan, that kind of stuff should not happen at all. I hope this guy not only gets arrested, but I hope he is banned from all NHL arenas. Not just Madison Square Garden, but he should be banned from all NHL arenas. Everyone listening to this, you should be able to watch hockey games in... At least a somewhat safe environment. I mean, yeah, like, it's natural. There's hockey games. There's fights. You know, if there's pushing and shoving, that happens. That does happen. Even that shouldn't happen. But you should be able to visit your favorite team on the road. You should be able to visit your Ducks when they visit Manhattan. You should be able to see your Ducks 
when they go to Montreal. You should be able to see your Ducks when they're at Madison Square Garden or in Long Island or in St. Louis or any other city. You should be able to hang around the other Ducks fans and take it all in. So this this is not cool. I'm glad the victim is going to survive. That's good. But the sucker punch, just not cool. So just wanted to give that update and address that. Some of you may have seen that video by now, but now we have an update as to his arrest and his charges and what's going on there. All right, we're going to head into the second admission, and then I will give some personal memories and how they're connected to the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to episode number 548 of Locked on Anaheim Ducks. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez once again. And before I go into some just memories, kind of want to go over the juniors really quick. There are WHL and OHL playoffs this weekend, so I'm going to try to update the LO underscore Ducks Twitter as much as possible with juniors and see how that goes. Because, you know, Mason McTavish is playing and Kevin Korczynski is also playing over the weekend. And I like this quote that I saw as far as what he's going to do over the summer. And I like this quote from Korczynski himself. Quote, I'm just getting stronger so I can be that physical guy. I can be more two-way than just one-dimensional. That's something this summer I am going to take a lot of pride in, just getting really stronger, more physical, and more explosive. I am pretty tall. I just have to fill out and work on the physical side of the game because I've always been an offensive guy, end quote. So, yeah, that's someone that I, would, I wouldn't I would mind the Ducks taking a punt on him. Not at all. And we'll see how he does the rest of these playoffs. It might just be one more game, but who knows. All right. So, going to be a little self-serving here and kind of and a little bit personal, but it, it connects, trust me. So, this weekend... Uh, my, so I have my memories that pop up once in a while. And one memory that just came up was six years ago, I was in Cleveland. I was in Cleveland around this time. Not for the NBA Finals, although I did see some of the madness going on in Cleveland around that time anyway. But I was in Cleveland for the Calder Cup playoffs and the finals. So that was a thing that happened. Cleveland went on, sorry, Lake Erie at the time. They're now the Cleveland Monsters. Back then, they were the Lake Erie Monsters. They swept the Ontario Reign in four games. Then they swept the Hershey Bears in four games. Hershey was the defending Calder Cup champion. And Lake Erie said, no, we're going to win this one right away. And they did not have home ice advantage, but it didn't matter because they won in four games. And it was in dramatic fashion, too. And this was when Oliver Bjorkstrand scored the game-winning overtime goal with 1.9 seconds left on the clock. I remember that game vividly. I recall it very well. So we're coming up on six years since the Monsters won the Cup. So why, why am I talking about this? Well, first off, it just came up on memories. And there is a current Duck that was on that team. That He was a young buck back then, but he proved to be a vital piece in that championship roster. And that's our buddy Frank. 
Sonny Milano was on that championship team in 2016. And Sonny Milano, even back then, I said, man, this guy is up and coming. I cannot wait till he gets into the NHL. And he he was a pest. He was just a young, very fast pest. And even watching him carry the cup around, you could tell he had a little bit of that sly cockiness. And I was all about it. I was like, damn, Sonny. Like you you beat the rain and then you beat and then you swept. But you know what? I like watching this. And I was all about Sonny Milano. Like I was all in on him at the time as to the talent level that he had. And he was only a 20-year-old kid at the time. And I was even impressed with him back then. I mean, he did have a couple of games in Columbus. He made his NHL debut that season. But man, he was a beast during the last two series of that playoffs. Wound up with four goals, eight points in that playoff run. But he was just terrific. And the following year, he finally made some huge strides, finally made the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2018, and he hasn't really looked back. Now, the last couple of years, he has kind of not found his spot, but I feel like he was underutilizing Columbus. He's found a place here in Anaheim. He's improved a lot. And I look back on that playoff run as kind of being the start of it. I mean, that's where he really learned a lot from some up-and-coming guys and even some guys that retired that season. I mean, that was that was a fun team to watch, those Cleveland Monsters teams. And it was a fun time getting to see them spray-paint each That was a weird thing. They spray-painted the X's across the number of victories they needed. So that was fun. Oh, right. There was a connection that, hmm... I I need to mention this. So there's a connection to the Stanley Cup playoffs, specifically the Stanley Cup final. What's the connection? Well, the Lake Area Monsters had a terrific head coach back then that was all about teamwork. He was about team, and he got behind his guys, and he believed in him. That head coach is none other than Jared Bednar, the current head coach of the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, same guy. Jared Bednar coached the Monsters to a cup six years ago, and he could coach the Colorado Avs to a Stanley Cup this season, and there isn't any reason to think that that's not going to happen. I fully expect Colorado to come out firing. I think they're the favorites to win the whole thing, and people forget how good of a coach he was for the Monsters those couple of seasons. I mean, he was terrific as the Monsters coach and was always friendly to the media. Super cool guy. So I'm happy to see him and the success he's having currently in Colorado and hope to see continued success for Jared Bednar. So yeah, a little bit of connection there. And also, I love the AHL connection with John Cooper. You know, John Cooper, the lightning coach, he worked his butt off and if you haven't followed John Cooper's story since the minor leagues, y'all should take a look at that read up on it. It's a really, really good story. And some of the stuff that he's overcome, it's terrific. So, yeah, I am hoping for a Lightning Avs final. Two solid coaches that worked their way up, worked their way up slowly, and finally got to where they're at now. All right, so I just wanted to share that little bit of personal memories. You know, six years ago, I was in Cleveland having fun out there and covering the monsters. 
covering the playoffs. It was fun. All right. That's going to do it for today's podcast. That's going to do it for this week. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. Thanks for listening. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, I'll be updating that this weekend on Junior's Championship Action. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend, everyone. Please continue to be safe out there. Please be kind to one another and Ducks fly together. Thank you.